Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Hello, welcome to episode 20 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer, and Director of Tricks of Your Trade. Today's podcast is all about retention wars and I actually had a request from the lovely Penny on Instagram who sent me a DM and told me that retentions are the bane of her existence. Look, it's a common theme, uh, something that a lot of my clients really struggle to manage and it all really boils back to you being able to tell your builder when your retention's due and not begging them or asking them or writing them precious letters to request that they release your retention. So as always in our contracting practices, it's about taking the control back, being confident in knowing what you are talking about under the contract and enforcing it and pressing all of the right buttons at all the right times to make sure that you get what you need. So I'm going to dive right into it today because there are a heap of things that you can implement from this podcast. So if you are driving, maybe this is one to come back to again and take some notes. I'm actually going to be putting some notes uh, and some links to some resources for you guys in the show notes on my website. So if you go to www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au, click on the podcasts tab and you can open up and expand each podcast episode any links to resources that I have talked about in my podcast episode can be located and downloaded from that location. Now guys, you're going to start to get a little bit used to this whole uh, thing that I just keep banging on about, and this is the systematic approach. Systematic approach to contract administration can solve all of your problems. Every time somebody comes to me and says, how can I make the builder pay me? How can I make the builder do what I want him to do? And it's never just one thing. It always starts in your contract negotiations and before you sign up to the contract. And then all of that really is reinforced when you administer your contract properly. So there is no avoiding it. You need to do your contract admin to be able to get results under contract. If you just throw caution to the wind and hope for the best, you literally are giving somebody else the control of your destiny. So in exactly the same regard, when it comes to retentions, you're thinking end of job. You're thinking, I will worry about that in 12 months. No, the retention is something that you need to protect from right before you sign the contract. And the things to look for are, how is the contract defining the defects liability period and how is the contract defining practical completion so you need to know from the outset what do I need to do to achieve practical completion and then once I achieve it that is the trigger for the commencement of the defects liability period and so if the defects liability period is defined ambiguously such that it's reliant on some third-party contract or somebody else doing some beautiful thing, that is not the kind of definition that you want if you need to be able to control when you reach practical completion and when the defects liability period expires. Now, the other thing you need to know before you embark on the contract is, can this bloody thing be extended? 
can the builder extend my defects liability period for reasons specified in the contract? And if he can, on what terms? And then what is the further extension period or how is the further extension period defined? So you see where I'm going with this. It can be quite simple in the contract. It can be as simple as the defects liability period is defined as 12 months or six months or 18 months. Uh, and it can be that practical completion is defined as when you when your works are substantially complete but for defects and emissions and all of your test certificates have been supp supplied. So that would be an easy one. But what if we turn our mind to a definition of practical completion that requires us to provide as built drawings? And say, for example, you're the carpenter or you're the tiler or you're the waterproofer or any other trade that just doesn't give as built drawings to the builder. It's not part of what you do, but that silly old line item is sitting right in there in terms of the definition for you to reach practical completion. Now, say for example, in the scope of works, there might be uh, miscellaneous all trade requirements in the scope of work. And again, it says you must submit as built drawings. Well, I'm sorry, my friend, but you're contractually required to submit as built drawings for your trade works. And if the builder tries to enforce that, then you will have to actually come up with those drawings, employ somebody to do them for you. Alternatively, the builder might just try to value down what you've carried out under your contract because you didn't provide those valuable drawings to him at the end of the job. Now that's a side effect, but when, when it comes to your attention, you really don't have an ability to trigger practical completion without performing that work. It's a little bit like if you're a um, trade that's required to provide a Form 16 that the building certifier needs to give the certificate of occupancy or the form 11 or 21 or whatever they call it now and if you are one of those trades that's required to give that certification document and you don't give it then you haven't triggered practical completion under the contract so when you first get your contract it's bloody important that you cross out every single thing in that definition of practical completion that is not part of your trade work now, turning to the definition of the defects liability period, we've all seen those ones that say that the defects liability period expires when the defects liability period under the head contract expires. Now, there's some pretty whiz-bang case law out there now that builders aren't allowed to do that anymore. So you're not allowed to tie retention to a third-party contract anymore. It's a little bit of a leap to say that a defects liability period clause would be uh, void in a contract because your retention is tied to that contract or your retention release is contingent upon that clause. But you would run the argument with the builder and say to them, look, they've outlawed this stuff. You can't do it anymore. We know what we're talking about and push back on them before you sign the contract. Now, if you move out of the definitions in your contract and you start to look at the general conditions, it's very likely that there is a provision in your contract that requires you to give a notice to the builder prior to reaching practical completion. And they call it a notice of anticipated practical completion and you're supposed to give one 14 days out from when you reach practical completion or when you think you're going to reach practical completion under the contract. Now some slick lawyers argue that if you don't give that notice and then you don't give a notice of practical completion you haven't effectively triggered practical completion under the contract because you didn't comply with the contract provisions to give the notice. Again it's not a difficult thing for you to do. 
And in fact, it's actually in your interest, I would say, it's in your benefit to give that notice because when we come to the end of the job, firming up when practical completion actually occurs can be really bloody hard. And so if you're to adopt the admin practice in your systematic approach to your contract administration, you would give the notice of anticipated practical completion 14 days before you think that you're gonna reach practical completion. And what that does is it forces the builder's hand to make the builder reply to you and say, either I don't agree with you, or if he says nothing, we can imply that he does agree with us and we give him the notice of practical completion. But if it sails through and he doesn't dispute it, we can effectively trigger practical completion under our contract and claim our retention. Now, there's a few things that I highly recommend you do at this point once you work out when practical completion takes place. The first thing I want you to do is mark it in your calendar. Practical completion achieved on blah, blah job on this date. And do yourself a favor and drop the evidence into your calendar entry um, or into your file to, that proves when practical completion was achieved. Sometimes you might actually get correspondence back from a contracts administrator that says, no, look, PC's not today, it's on Friday next week because the final inspection on the plumbing is going to take place then and you might be the plumber or something like that. And it could be that you don't actually have to do any further work, but that the inspection's not taking place until then and so therefore your work won't be certified until then. You might decide at that point it's not worth arguing with the guy and you just get him to firm it up with you in an email. That is exactly the kind of evidence that you would want to stick in your file to prove when the parties agreed that practical completion was achieved. It's one thing for us to have our own evidence and to have a position on something, but it's the holy grail of evidence if we can get the builder to tell us what he thinks and put it in writing because it puts him forward in a position that it's going to be hard for him to go, to go back on. Now, when you've firmed up the date for practical completion, you want to go about preparing your retention claim for PC for sure. That's another podcast in itself. What we're talking about today is how you can keep track of the timeframes surrounding your retention. And so the next thing I want you to do after you've recorded when practical completion took place is to diarize or put a calendar entry in for the expiry of the defects liability period. Do yourself a favor and just do this thinking once. You're gonna have everything in front of you and if you can set out the entire timeline for making sure you get your attention in the door in the one 15 minute task, do it then. So again, you wanna have a reference back to the evidence that you have that states why you reach practical completion at a certain time. But you want a reminder to claim your final retention. Now, when you record this, you will thank yourself in a year if you put the details in for the amount that you are entitled to claim for your final retention. So take it off the most recent payment schedule or whatever document you've got that proves exactly how much money the builder is holding. Now I'm not accusing any particular builder of this type of tactic, but I have firsthand seen builders play these silly games where they will ask the subby to tell them how much retention they're holding and if you get it wrong and you ask them for less they'll just release the lesser amount but if you ask for more retention they'll come back to you and say no we're only holding this much money 
But builders that do this justify those actions by saying, well, if he can't figure out how much we owe him, that's not our problem. He's only claiming the lesser amount. So we're just going to pay what he's claiming. So you need to be really on top of how much your builder owes you in retention at the end of the defects liability period. And you can track that in your finance system as well. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details about how to do that today. I'm actually going to run a webinar, a masterclass on running retentions through your finance system. Um, but that is for a future date. But I am uh, fully aware that a lot of you have got a trail of destruction with short paid invoices because of retention and it's really difficult to manage with your aged receivables. Uh, so we will get into that and I'll give you some solutions around that in a masterclass in coming months. Now there's one more step uh, for Queenslanders. So in Queensland we have actually got a special regime that we can use through the QBCC to have a builder tell us how much retention he's holding and when he's going to pay it. So when you are putting that diary entry in for the expiry of the defects liability period, I want you to go back one month. So make it in 11 months in advance of when the practical completion date was reached. And what you're going to do is put yourself a reminder to send an email to your builder at that time, asking them for their section 67 NC notice of end of defects liability period form. Now this is a QBCC form that you can download from the QBCC website. So if you just go to the website and you search on forms, you'll be able to have a look at the form for yourself. Now I'm looking at the form while I'm doing this podcast and I can tell you that what it asks the builder to tell you is the date that the defects liability period ends, the total of the amount of retention that the builder is holding on you and the amount of retention that they propose to pay and the date that they will pay you that money. So there you have an example of where the regulator in Queensland recognises that this is such a big issue with builders not paying their subbies retention and the problem with the end of defects liability period expiry for being able to use our security payment legislation to debt recover retentions, there's very tight time bars around that. And so the QBCC's created a form and it's actually written into the legislation that the builder must give you that form 10 business days prior to the expiry of the defects liability period. And that's where he needs to actually tell you if he's going to be setting off any amounts for defects or if there are any defects present in the work. So if you put it into your admin system, one month out from the expiry of the defects liability period on all of your jobs in Queensland, that you're going to send an email to your builder asking them to give you the form section 67NC notice of end of defects liability period. And the builder will go, oh, thanks for the reminder and send it out because they're getting to realize that this is a standard practice that they need to send just like a payment schedule when you give a payment claim. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Michelle, you are full of it. If we sent an email like that to our builder, our builder would hit the roof. I'm actually going to give you a template email to send to your builder one month out from the expiry of the defects liability period, politely reminding them of when the retention's due. And so you can put that into your calendar entry uh, to remind you what to write on the day. 
So you can see with retention how it really does start before you sign the contract. The very first layer of protection for your retention starts before you sign the contract when you make sure that you understand when you're entitled to get your retention back in the first place and in what circumstances the builder's allowed to keep it. The second layer of protection comes when you effectively administer your contract so that you can trigger practical completion under the contract on your terms. So you've got control over when you reach practical completion and you're able to track and manage that process further into the expiry of the defects liability period. And then the last layer of protection comes when you're informed, you have the knowledge to be able to go and make that proper claim for retention when the reference date arises at the expiry of the defects liability period. You're reminding your builder to give you the retention before it's ready for release. And then you're claiming it under the security of payment legislation and then you need to enforce it. So when it comes to final retentions, you don't get a second chance to debt recover. You're going to have one last hurrah reference date under your contract to claim your final defects liability period retention. And if you miss the deadline to apply for adjudication when your builder doesn't give it to you, you will not be able to use security of payment legislation to recover that money. Now in Queensland, we're a little bit blessed in that we can use things like a money's owed complaint and we can complain to the regulator about that. But in other states, it might be the case that we need to give a statutory demand. And if that was contested, we could end up in the Supreme Court. And the other unfortunate avenue for us, if we don't get our retention at the expiry of the defects liability period and we don't enforce that payment claim, is we need to use court to debt recover. And that, my friend, is expensive. More than likely, well and truly above and beyond what you're going to be trying to recover with retention. And that's why so many of you say, look, this is not worth the time and money or the heartache to chase this from the builder. But if you all don't chase your attention, have a think about the culture that you're promoting in the industry. Have a think about what the builder thinks when you don't chase your attention. And he goes, well, we got away with that again. And then the builder gets away with it so many times with so many subbies that they start to bank on you not being able to get your act together to enforce the payment under the contract. Now, I've told this story publicly before, um, but I'm going to remind you guys, I actually used to work for a builder that used to finance their entire accounts department on unclaimed retentions. And the builder at the time used to say to me, Michelle, if they can't remember to claim it from us, why should we chase them down to pay it out? Now, I have to say that whenever somebody came knocking for their retention that was always paid out, so unless it was disputed and there was a good reason, but nine times out of 10, if a, build, if a subcontractor came looking for their retention, the builder would simply just pay it. So these guys weren't trying to do any kind of daylight robbery tactics, but from a commercial perspective, who in their right mind in business goes and chases down people that they owe money and reminds them to come and claim it from them. There's not that many. No matter what you think, even if you think it's unfair and that they should do that because it's due to be released, we just don't live in that kind of a world in a business transaction. This is not the schoolyard where everybody gets a prize. There are no participation awards for being in business. The only way that you can get ahead as a business person is to take your contract administration seriously, understand what you're entitled to and fight for your money. Now I say that with a good dose of humble 
And I also acknowledge that you guys all want to run ethical businesses and be good blokes. There is a fine balance, but there is a balance to be struck. And if you can get it right, I reckon it's by using a systematic approach. Now, if you're keen on having an end-to-end contract management system that also covers you for security of payment compliance, you need to get onto our website and check out the Subbies toolbox. If you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. If you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.